60 years later. People are still scared of going to Star Rock. Bad things happen in good places, and that's what happened that day. Three Chicago women have been found dead. Chester Weger was sentenced to life in prison after being convicted of murder. For 60 years, Weger has insisted he's innocent. What is Chester's motive? Nothing was taken from the women. The police lied. He signed every page of his confession. My opinion is that he did it. Yours may be different. The Starved Rock Murders, one of the most infamous crimes in Chicagoland history in 1963, uh, Chicago area women, they were from Riverside, uh, suburban Riverside, took off for a four-day vacation and never returned. They were found uh, dead. And Chester Weger was accused and had confessed to the murders. He was one of the longest-serving prisoners in all of Illinois history. He was released a couple years ago at the age of 80, having spent 60 years in prison. This week, Weger's attorney, Andy Hale, announced that there is new genetic evidence that may help clear his client of these murders. Uh, Andy Hale's a partner of Hale and Monaco. He's a trial attorney with over 30 years of experience in civil rights, commercial litigation matters. He represents clients who are innocent and wrongfully convicted. Welcome to the show, Andy. Thank you for joining us. Karen, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Sure. Can you tell us a little bit about the crime and kind of set the stage for what happened and, and that day and what happened and that we know about from the facts? Yeah, these three women from Riverside were taking a little, uh, you know, women's vacation. There's a beautiful part of Starved Rock State Park. I don't know if, you know, I hadn't even been there at the time when I first heard about this case. called St. Louis Canyon. Uh, there's a waterfall, beautiful area. The women are taking a hike. They are found um, bludgeoned to death, uh, uh, pulled up into a shallow cave in this St. Louis Canyon area. Their clothes, two of the women, their clothes kind of pants pulled down, shirts pulled up, faces basically beaten beyond recognition with a blunt instrument. Um, just a horrific, horrific, brutal crime scene. This was uh, March 14th, 1960. So... They were found, and how did Chester Weger get involved in confessing to the murder? And how did they yeah. how did they well, pick yeah. him and find him? And and how was he involved? That's that's. Uh, I'll try to give you the. Sh- it's hard to answer that shortly, but um, Chester Weger, along with everybody else who worked at the lodge, were all interviewed, given polygraphs in the in the weeks following the murders. Everybody who worked at the lodge was viewed as a potential suspect. Chester Weger was a twenty one year old dishwasher at the Star Rock Lodge. He passed all his polygraphs. He passed six polygraphs. The case went stale for months. And somehow, some way, for some reason, in October, uh, the police start looking at him again, take him to a polygraph. They claim he failed. They follow him for a month straight. They ultimately get him to confess to the case. In my opinion, they built a case around Chester Weger after the case ran cold. Did he have any prior history of crime? He there was a contested issue of when he was a juvenile um, about a a uh, sexual assault of a young girl. Um, I hadn't seen those records. I know Chester denies it. Other people, you know, have brought it up, but nothing, no violent crime, nothing like this, nothing in his history even remotely um, similar to here, where you've got three ladies who all had their skulls bashed in. And just, we're going to talk a little bit about the new evidence that has come to be, but what, were there any other suspects here? I mean, when you have a crime like this, I take it there was sexual assault, or was that ever even determined? 
Well, all, what they determined was there was no rape because there was no semen found uh, on or inside any of the women. There was no uh, trauma to their bodies indicating, you know, uh, kind of forced sex. So it looked that way, but there wasn't any forensic evidence to support it. And I always believed the crime scene was staged. How so? Because uh, when you have it, when you have these women looking like it's a sexual assault, you know, they're kind of splayed out on the ground, their legs spread, their pants Mm. pulled down, their private parts exposed, their shirts pulled up. Yet there wasn't any corroborating physical evidence of a, a rape. It just looked to me from the crime scene photos like it was a staged crime scene meant to look like something it was not. Well, what would be somebody's motive to come in these women? They were um, they were middle aged women, right? One was fifty, forty seven, another one fifty. So these were you know older women. And um, watch what you watch when you what, say older, Karen. I, well, you're, you're dating us. I'm okay? I'm with you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I'm a little bit ahead of you because I think we yeah. went to law school together, and I'm pretty right. sure pretty sure I'm at least one year older yeah. than you. So I, I would say they were they were young, spry, you know, fifty year old women. Yes, so go right. Ahead. Okay. And so, so, but like, what would be the motive in that kind of crime scene? You, you know, when you see someone bludgeoned to death and you watch all the uh, Dateline shows that I watch, you know, usually it's a, it's a very personal crime. It's a crime where you want to expose somebody, you know, and, and it's, it's not a respectful way to leave people. And it seems like someone was very angry. Um, but well, who could that have been? See, that's exactly right. I, it never made any sense to me whether Chester Weger or some random person, it never made any sense to me that you've got some random sex maniac walking through the woods, happens upon these three ladies, beats them all to a bloody pulp, and then drags them into a cave, pulls their clothes down, pulls their clothes up. Um, That always struck me as being kind of a premeditated act carried out by multiple people, and we can get into this, but the theory that, that the evidence is supporting right now is that one of the husbands wanted his wife killed, and uh, all three had to be killed. And, you know, under that scenario, Karen, nobody thought that, you know, oh, maybe a husband killed, you know, his wife. It, everybody was like, oh, it's a sex maniac in the park. So, I mean, it's the kind of crime you would do it this way if you're trying to make it look like something it's not. I mean... If one of these ladies would have been shot in the head uh, when she was getting out of her car in her driveway, everyone would have said, oh, my gosh, you know, she got executed here. Nobody thought this was a hit. It just looked like some kind of bizarre, you know, sex maniac loose in the woods. But I think that was all a ruse, and that's what we're going to prove. And in the men to whom these women were married, they were businessmen. They were, I mean, I'm not going to say affluent, but they were not poor people, Right. Well, I think you can say absolutely. Okay. I mean, they were very successful. Mr. Murphy was like vice president and general counsel of Borg Warner, uh, very, you know, high up the corporate chain there. Um, Mr. Uh, getting the names mixed up. One worked at Illinois Bell. One was an accountant. Very successful guys living in a very nice neighborhood. Um, very successful. Absolutely. Okay, so let's go flash ahead. So, so Uyghur's been in jail for 60 years. He's not in nice places. I know him. he was at least at some point in Menard, which is just a hellhole, if you ask me. I've uh, been there many times um, visiting some of my clients, as I'm sure you have. Uh, what, what, what is this new evidence, and how did you come across it, Andy? 
So the new evidence, you know, when I get involved in a case, I always try to start with the physical evidence. I always start with the forensics. I know I'm never going to prove a wrongful conviction from a he said, she said. I'm never going to convince people I'm right just because Chester Weger says he's innocent. So I wanted to get access to the physical evidence to see what was there. The Will County State's Attorney's Office was appointed a special prosecutor. They opposed me even looking at the evidence. Court disagreed. We got to look at it. We then reported to the court that there were a lot of things there that looked like they could be tested. Hairs, cigarette butts, twine. Uh, and so the court, again, Will County State's Attorney's Office opposed us testing of any of the evidence. Um, court overruled that, that we could test it. So we submitted uh, a number of things for testing, primarily hairs found on the women, cigarette butts found by the bodies, and some twine found around their wrists. And that is what we tested, we submitted for nuclear DNA testing. Okay, a couple questions. Um, why do prosecutors always object to these things? Good question. We could have a whole segment on yes. that. You know, to me, a prosecutor by statute, it's your job is to seek justice, not merely to convict, as you know, to seek justice. These prosecutors act like 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 we are opposing counsel in a in a incredibly acrimonious divorce case. Right. It's we're all seeking the same thing. We're seeking the truth. We're seeking justice. I mean, it should not be this adversarial proceeding. Now, they may not agree at the end of the day that I've proven my case, that I have enough evidence. That's fine. But I don't, I mean, it's incredible. I've, I've had this happen in several cases. You get roadblock after roadblock. Like here, they didn't want me to look at the evidence with my eyes, with my eyeballs. I mean, that is not a pursuit of justice. Especially in this case, well, he was out of jail for the last two years. But let's hold that thought. I want to talk some more about these pieces of evidence and uh, what your findings are. You're listening to the Karen Conti Show. I'm here with Andy Hale, who's with Hale and Monaco, and we're talking about the Starved Rock murders. We'll be back in a minute. We're talking to Chicago attorney Andy Hale. He represents uh, civil people in civil rights, commercial litigation matters, and also people who he believes are innocent and wrongfully incarcerated. Incarcerated, And we're talking about the Starved Rock murders, which happened in 1960. Three Riverside women went to Starved Rock for a four-day vacation and were brutally murdered. Uh, and now there's new evidence this week um, that has been tested. Can we recap again? What was the new evidence that you got to test, Andy? Right. So we what uh, what I described was we tested some hairs found on the victims. We tried to test also some cigarette butts and some twine around their wrists. Uh, you know, bearing in mind the case is over 60 years old, very hard to get nuclear DNA. But on one of the hairs, on a hair found on the left index finger of Mrs. Murphy's glove, let me pause myself, that's a very significant spot of the crime scene because Mrs. Murphy's left fingertip uh, was missing, uh, apparently cut off post-mortem. There were hairs found there. One of those hairs, we were able to get a nuclear profile, a male profile, and it was not Chester Weger. It excluded him. The other pieces of evidence, we did not have enough genetic material to do comparisons, but we were fortunate enough to get this one particular hair found on Miss Murphy's left index finger that shows it was not Chester Weger. Now, Andy, I never heard that there was a severed finger. Was that something yeah. that is that something that is a new fact? I'm probably not. It's 
it's not new, but it's it's little known. You know, when I first got the case and I was reading through the autopsy of Mrs. Murphy, who's described as victim A, it says left, you know, the tip of left index finger missing, apparently post-mortem. And there's handwritten notes by investigators saying, investigators saying they have no explanation for it. I literally wrote my notes like, like, like five question marks in a row, like, what? And, you know, what is that? You know, I think what I've developed now, and we can get into this, is I had a woman reach out to me, a very credible person, who told me her grandfather told her on his deathbed. He was in the mob. He said a husband wanted his wife killed. Uh, he picked, he handpicked the guys to go down there to do it. And these five or six guys went down there and they had to kill all three ladies. Now, that sounds to me, Karen, that tip of the finger missing like a mob thing. It just sounds yeah. like a mob thing. It does. I mean, when you said that, it it, it 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 was either a mob thing or like a gang thing, and it doesn't. They didn't seem like you know this was a gang issue, but yeah, like sending a message. So right, this hair comes right. back. Do you have any other information about this person? No. What we're going to do next? Uh, there's some steps we've got to take. We're we're developing genetic profiles of the three women. You know, we know it's not their hair because this is a male profile on this hair. We're going we're gonna to try to get the hair submitted into the CODIS database. That's a national database of DNA. And if this person who hair, whose hair this is um, has had their, their profile submitted into CODIS, we'll get a match. You know, uh, I, would, I mean, I would love to. My burden is not to prove who did it. It's to prove Chester Wigger didn't do it. But I would love, I would absolutely love to find out who did, put this to bed, and end this once and for all. So tell us about Chester Weger. He's now 83 years old. He was released um, a couple of years ago. Where is he living, and what, what is the state of his mind and his, his health? You know, uh, thank God Chester's still alive. I think it's a miracle that he is. He's 83. He lives with his sister and uh, uh, her husband in a modest house in LaSalle, Illinois. Uh, their nieces come and visit quite a bit. They've got a loving family. His health is not the best. Uh, I guess I can leave it at that. Um, as you can imagine, anybody who's 83, let alone spent 60 years in prison, let alone for a crime they didn't commit, um, you know, you're not going to be in the best of shape. And so that's where he's at. But he's there. I mean, uh, he's great. He's a humble guy, and uh, I've become quite attached to him. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that just to spend that much time in an institutionalized environment really changes a person. And, um, you know, as, as we know, that sometimes it's hard to cope, but it sounds like he's got a support system. I'm just curious, Andy, when why, weren't, why wasn't this evidence tested? I mean, we've had DNA for a while, so why didn't any of his lawyers go back and do it? Was it because all his traditional appeals were already exhausted and there was no avenue to do it? There was an attempt in 2004 by his assistant public defender. Um, and then there was a challenge that the evidence was contaminated and it was dropped. It was withdrawn. Um, I'm not exactly sure why, uh, but an attempt was made. We then, you know, asked to get access to the evidence, you know, with the court. And when we saw it, you know, it was represented to me that the evidence was just all garbage and there was nothing to look at. And then when we got access to it, I was amazed. It was all neatly labeled, organized. There was there were all kinds of hairs under glass slides. And we found, and we probably took a thousand photographs. Uh, we found there were a lot of things that could be tested. And we tried to test things that were relevant to the crime scene that, were, that we knew would not be contaminated, like hairs. 
but we tried to test a lot, you know, and um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, but I'm glad we got the opportunity to do it recently. That was just uh, amazing. Yeah. So what is your objective here? I mean, Chester Weger is living out his last days and he's hopefully surrounded by people who are supporting him and loving him. But does he really want this to, to be exposed? You know, what is your goal? What is your, your, your best uh, possible scenario and outcome? The best possible goal, Chester Weger wants to prove he wants his reputation back. He wants the world to know he is not the Starbrock murderer. He is not the boogeyman. He is not this horrible, evil person the state said should be electrocuted back in 1961, which, by the way, the jury elected not to do, which I think is pretty telling. Um, he wants his name back. He wants everybody to know the truth. And we want everybody to know the truth, you know, um, the real killer or killers should be brought to justice. So that's been our journey. It's been an incredible journey. We've been on it for several years. I document that whole journey in my podcast, The Star Rock Murders with Andy Hale, that I would encourage everybody to listen to. Um, and that's what we're looking to seeking to do. Where, where can we listen to that, Andy? You can Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. There's also a website, andyhalepodcast.com. I've got 16 episodes. And Karen, on that website, I post all the documents I talk about. I post photographs of Chester. It's very, very factual and transparent. If you want to take a deep dive into the Star Rock murders, go to andyhalepodcast.com. You can spend, you can get lost there for days and days. Interesting. And by the way, don't let this stop you from going to Starved Rock. I have to tell you, there are so many people from the Chicago area who have never gone there. And I will tell you, it's an absolutely stunningly beautiful place. And, and actually, I was one of them. Yeah. I was one of them. You don't feel like you're in Illinois at all. I don't know where you absolutely. feel like. Absolutely. Like, I feel like I'm at Yellowstone. This yeah. Place, when I first went there, you know, there was an HBO docuseries on in December, a three-part series called The Murders of Starved Rock. And I got I got interviewed out there in St. Louis Canyon. I had never been there before. I was blown away. Uh, it is gorgeous. You would have no idea where you're at. Absolutely. Andy, how can people get in touch with you if they need criminal defense from a person who just won't leave well enough alone, apparently? <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my, my law firm website, I mean, my, web, my email is andy at hailmonaco.com. Uh, Hale and Monaco is the name of the firm. Uh, people could reach out, call me, uh, email me. My also my Twitter is Andy M Hale Esquire ESQ, um, and I'm also happy to talk to anybody out there. I say this on the podcast: if anybody knows of somebody wrongfully convicted, I'd love to hear about it. I've been trying as I've been getting older, Karen. Like you know, you and I know, doing this for 35 years. I want to spend my time in the most positive, productive, productive way I can, and I can't think of a better way than to try to help innocent people prove their innocence and get out of prison. And uh, there are a few of them out there. That's for, for, there for are. a number you know, of reasons. That's how I came about Chester Weger because I had a client, Cleve Heidelberg, who I, I ultimately got out of prison after 47 years, and he was up for parole the same day as Chester Weger. And what struck me was both these guys, over the decades, had refused to express remorse, which, as you know, will help you on parole to be released because they said they were innocent. And I was like, oh, my God, Chester Weger sounds like Cleve Heidelberg's twin brother. So I reached out to Chester Weger to talk to him, and here we are. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us, and good luck. And as soon as that uh, CODIS comes back and you have uh, maybe a result, uh, you'll come on again and talk to me about this. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. It, it, We're going to get there. Believe me, we're going to get there. All right, Andy. Take care, and good luck on your trial tomorrow. I know you're preparing. (laughs) Yes. All right. You take care.